Hey, what's up, guys? This is Cordell. You're listening to Steeler Nation. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your Steeler Nation podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G Striker, and when will the drafting of these tiny, speedy receiver experiment end? But first, let's talk about a much stronger receiver. Our sponsor, Total Sports Enterprises, is selling a signed Heinz Ward Gotham jersey, making the biggest play in Gotham Gotham Rogues history, returning a kickoff return for a touchdown before the stadium implodes. 109, promo code Gotham86. I just bought one before this podcast. There are three left. Two have been purchased. If you use that Gotham code, it drops from 136 down to 109. Deal, deal, deal. I know that we are giving this one away for free uh, a few weeks ago. Now's your chance to own one legit. So go on over to Total Sports Enterprises. It's over on their Twitter, at Total Sports ENT. You click on the link. takes you right there to the jersey. Put in the promo code. Good luck, Steeler Nation. Get yourself a great jersey. But guys, we've seen this over and over and over again. The Steelers go out and they draft these tiny receivers that are speedy as hell that are supposed to be our punt and kick returners as well. And I went through a little bit of draft history, recent draft history within the last 20 some years, um, at least right before um, uh, Tomlin came on the year before when we had the shortest uh, drafted receiver at that point being Willie Reed picked him up in the third round that year. Five foot eight, 188 pounds, bigger guy, at least as far as a lot of these receivers are looking. Ran a 4440, was supposed to be a returner as well. Ended up with ankle injuries, never could really get on the field much. In two years, he only played in seven games. Four receptions, 54 yards, zero touchdowns is the legacy of that third round pick. Fast forward to 2012, ladies and gentlemen. Fifth rounder, Chris Rainey who was actually drafted as a running back, but was also supposed to be our kick and punt returner. Tiny, tiny guy. 5'6", 178 pounds, burned with a 4'3", 6'40". Unfortunately, he only played seven games in two years because of injuries. With, Sorry, that is not seven in two years. It was one year. He played one year with the Steelers, all 16 games. Um, He had... One, he rushed 16 times for 102 yards and two touchdowns. He he had 14 receptions for 60 yards, no touchdowns. Decent stats, was good enough to play the whole season, but was released at the end of the year. Indy picked him up. He got zero stats for Indy in his second year. Only one target his entire season in the two games that he played for Indy before he was out of the league and cut. 2014, one of the biggest polarizing figures in Steeler Nation history. One of the biggest threads ever at SteelerNation.com football forum. Third rounder, comp pick, Dree Archer. Five foot six, 173 pounds listed. I believe he was closer to 156. Uh, but he ran a burning 42640. Epic 42640. And a single note here, too, as well. Being as small as he was, that 40 time, he tied Megatron. Huge receiver. 
for the fewest amount of steps taken in a 40-yard dash. It told me he had like the strongest legs I've ever seen on a person. However, those strong legs couldn't stay upright and couldn't stop from getting ankle injuries and foot injuries. He only played 10 games with the Steelers, two rushes for 15 yards, seven receptions for 23 yards in two years, no touchdowns before he was out of the league. Now we've got our newest small, tiny receiver in Calvin Austin, drafted with a fourth, five foot six, 162 pounds, ran a 4-3-2 burner. Right now, did not activate him for from injured for uh, the 21-day window for injured reserve. He's going in for surgery. He has lost for the season. No games played. No stats, no receptions, another tiny receiver, unusable for a year. Is it time to stop drafting wide receivers under five foot ten and under 180 pounds? It might be. They might just be too small to play in this league, though Antonio Brown's cousin, Hollywood Brown, does meet those metrics and he's still playing in this league, though he has had his trouble with injuries as well but at least he's getting some stats. So this begs the question with the way we utilized Calvin Austin. Are the Steelers using injured reserve correctly? Injured reserve rules now are phenomenal. You can put as many people on injured reserve as you want. They're out for four weeks, cannot practice, cannot uh, participate for four weeks, but then you can bring them back. But I think that the Steelers are starting to bring players back before they're ready to be full participants in practice, trying to use that 21-day window to get them up to speed and ready to play. I think that is the wrong way to use injured reserve. And there's two ways that I think the Steelers should utilize injured reserve more than they do. As soon as a player gets a hamstring injury, they should be thrown on injured reserve all for four weeks. Because a lot of these hammy injuries, like Witherspoon, we could have used that, that, uh, the, that slot for, Wallace as well. Instead, we had him on the roster, dragging him back to get somebody ready to play. Second use for injured reserve is just making sure that they're ready to be hitting the ground, running, and ready to practice day one. Looks like they're doing it right with T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt was ready to practice last week, and they activated him this week. So now he's practicing. Now he is legit practicing with the Steelers, but I still don't think the Steelers are going to activate him for the Eagles game this week. I think the Steelers are going to hold him out this week and then activate him after the bye to have him ready to go, hitting the ground running with three weeks of practice, ready to rock and roll for his first start after the bye. So yet again, it still begs the question whether or not the Steelers are utilizing this correctly because it seems like Players are getting injured during that 21-day window. That is what happened with Calvin Austin. Him being put in the boot after, during that 21-day window because he was practicing well initially. Uh, Tomlin said in the first week that he was looking good. Uh, if he does well the second week, they're going to promote him. It looks like he'll have a chance to play, but ended up getting another injury. He is getting surgery. He is lost for the season. I hope the same does not happen with T.J. Watt. He got that knee uh, worked on and scoped. I think that he's fully repaired and ready to return for that. So I think he is practicing fully, but still don't anticipating him playing against the Eagles. It would be a big surprise to me and very exciting if he does. But I don't anticipate him playing until after the bye week. 
Uh, guys, it is now time for questions from Steeler Nation, sponsored by Manscaped. If you want to have your balls taken care of like Najee Harris, never getting his ball dirty and throwing that on the ground with the fumbles, get the Platinum Package over there at Manscaped.com. You get the lawnmower trimmer, you get the weed whacker ear and nose trimmer, you get ball deodorant, you get two-in-one body wash and shampoo conditioner, Boxer briefs with a special sack to keep your balls separate and dry. And a travel bag. Get it all with Manscaped. Use promo code STEELERNATION, all one word, all caps, to get 20% off your order and free shipping. Manscaped for turning your player into an MVP. And you know what the P stands for. You down with MVP? Yeah, you know me. You down with MVP? Yeah, you know me. Manscaped.com, guys. Get that 20% off free shipping using promo code SteelerNation. First questions, go on over to SteelerNation.com. Sign up for free on the football forum. Um, this is where I take all of the questions. Uh, first question coming from Litos. What took you so long, Striker, to see that Canada was a train wreck? Also, this offense seems eerily similar to Feekner's. I know you defend him, but he has to get away from play calling. Um, I'll say one thing, though, Litos, I am starting to sour on Canada, but he is a completely different offensive coordinator to Randy Feigner. Um, He utilizes like wide receiver jet sweeps, jet sweeps as opposed to using uh, wide receiver bubble screens uh, the way that Feigner used to always use those. Uh, much more pre-snap motion um, and different personnel switches, but he doesn't attack down the field consistently, and that is a similarity to Feigner's offense as well. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. I've got more to say about him later coming up in these questions. Black and Gold Bleeder, can you get a face-to-face -face interview with Pittsburgh Dad? Honestly, him and TJ are my only Steeler joys anymore. Personally, Black and Gold, I would love to get an interview with Pittsburgh Dad. I think he is a national treasure for Steeler Nation. Uh, would love to get him on the show. We'll get working with the, uh, the heads to see if... We start turning a downturn if we can get some fun interviews here on the show. Uh, Blitz, next up with the questions. At 2-5 and five now, what do you see our final record being? Am I crazy to think the Steelers still have a chance to win the division? Well, Blitz, we still have a shot. And I haven't, you know, we haven't had a divisional game since the Cleveland game. We've only played two divisional games. We got two more against Baltimore. We got one against Cincinnati, one against Cleveland. If we win out those divisional games, win a majority of these games coming up, we have a chance at the division. Absolutely has still have a chance at this division. Uh, Matt Insomniac, what undrafted free agent players at the end of this year would you be okay trading at the deadline? And what would you take for them? First one he's asking, Mitch or Mason, uh, I say, like, if we trade Mitch, I think both are options. I think Mitch is less of an option because he's better, I think, in this offense. Uh, but I'd only take a first-rounder for Mitch. Absolutely would only take a first-rounder. For Mason, i take a J2 pick and only take a second or third-rounder for Mason. Um, that's all I'd accept from those players. Anything less, I'm keeping them. Uh, then you ask about Larry Okunjobi or Chris Wormley. I don't think either of these guys are on the trading block. Uh, we have youth ready to start next year. Loudermilk's ready to go next year as well as Leal. Um, Larry's a rental. Strictly only going to have him on this the, the roster this year. Hopefully he can go to the Ravens next year so he's played in every single team in the AFC North. Uh, but Worms could come back as depth next year. Uh, that's not out of the question. He's a good player for us, and I'd love to have him back as a depth player. Um, Malik Reed, you ask about for uh, outside linebacker. Um, 
I'd say he has zero trade value, to tell you the truth. I think he's a better depth option on this team currently for the rest of this year than like getting a seventh to sixth round swap pick, because that's the only way we're going to get a pick from Malik Reed, is if we swap a sixth for a seventh and we trade Reed. We swap a seventh for a sixth. But I don't know how much... We do have a lot of seventh rounders that might be helpful, but I think he's better on this roster as a depth player once we get TJ back. And TJ's going to be back here soon. Uh, Cam Sutton, you asked me about. There is no way that he's even on the block, in my opinion. I mean, he signed that new contract two years ago. Steelers love him. He's such a diverse piece of this defense. He's a utility knife. I, and plus, he's a starting outside corner. So I think we re-sign him and keep him. He's one of the only draft picks that a cornerback that has worked out for the Steelers since like Ike Taylor. We just cannot draft them, and I'm not getting rid of one that we drafted correctly and are utilizing him correctly. Um, you ask about Edmonds, um, especially with KZ coming back. Now, I do that trade in a heartbeat, to tell you the truth. Uh, I'd hope we could get like a day two pick from Edmonds because we signed him for nothing. He was supposed to be a fifth-round option at six mil. We brought him back for three mil. He is a – and he's played well this year. I think he's played a lot better at the line of scrimmage. This might be one of his best seasons. Um, but I'd only take a day-two pick for him. If we can't get a day-two pick for him, not trading him because we, we picked him too high. Got to get something for him. Uh, and then for Bush, you're asking me about – I mean, he could get us a comp pick uh, if he signs with someone else in the offseason, but – I think if we trade him this year for maybe a third or a fourth, that's going to be higher than any comp pick we get. I like the depth behind him, even with Allen and um, Spillane and Robinson. So, like, I would actually make that trade to get a third or a fourth because it's going to be better than the comp, and he's playing well enough to merit that. Maybe even a second if somebody's def desperate enough and likes his upside. But I think more realistic, a third or a fourth. Um, you ask about Spillane. I, I don't think we're moving him as well because he's too cheap. Uh, and he's a great piece. He's diverse. And he's he can play both sides. Um, we would not get what he is worth to this team, which would be like a sixth or a fifth. Uh, would be ideal, like highest I think that we get for him, a fifth, sixth, or seventh. But I think all of those are worth less than having him on this team as a depth piece. And as a back as a starter option as well. Uh, on offense outside of the QBs and everybody else, you said uh, Zach Gentry is probably the only other one that you'd bring up for the offense being tradable, but nobody wants to give draft capital for a blocking tight end. Nobody. So they're a dime a dozen in free agency. You can pick one up anytime. He's huge. He's got some size. I think he's a good receiving option too. I just don't see him as being a viable draft option or get, or get trading him before the, the uh, trade deadline. He's just not going to be an option. Plus, he's too much of a part of this defense, big part of this defense, especially in the two tight end sets. Um, nice questions from Drake Iron City, of course. Howdy, Drunk Cope. That's my old name over at SteelerNation.com football forum. I go by Striker now, uh, but the old heads still like to, to call me Drunk Cope. It's a lot of fun. Uh, number one, do you see a major coaching firing after the Eagles game or a change in offense coordinator with O Canada being put into a different capacity till the end of the season. Um, well, I'll tell you one thing, DIC, if, uh, if, if the offense doesn't produce in this next game against the Eagles, this could be Matt Canada's last game. Uh, Aditi Kinkabwala went out and tweeted that she stated that Mike Sullivan could be promoted. If, 
Matt Canada is released. And if you're going to release him, we have a bad game offensively. It would be right after this game going into the bye. So we have two weeks to prepare for our next offensive coordinator. Uh, second question, TJ Watt full strength or bringing him back a twitch early. Uh, I'm, I personally don't think he's going to play this week. Uh, it's really interesting, though. Like, he's been hitting the sleds. He's been practicing hard. Um, it's not out of the question for him to play this week, but I just don't see it. If he does, I am super excited, and it really increases our chance to win that game. Bet the under. Um, number three, can but we won't know till Saturday. We activate our injured reserve players on Saturdays, which is when we also do our call-ups from the practice squad for the rosters. So we'll know who's going to be called up, who's going to be utilized. That will be done on Saturday. Uh, number three, can George Pickens overcome his frustration before it kills him? Um, I, I know he's young and he's frustrated, Drink Iron City, but I think he'll be happy when the O gets better at converting first downs because it'll give him more opportunities. I mean, hell, Kenny Pickett's already thrown like 40, 50 times a game. He's getting opportunities. He's going to be continue to get opportunities. But Steelers have to keep churning and getting those first downs to create more opportunities for their young receivers, George Pickens, as well as DJ and Claypool. Uh, number four, nothing about O Canada's offensive play calling makes any sense. Why no Najee screens, flats, wheels? You're 100% right. I have no idea. I mean, it seems like he's not even part of the offensive passing attack anymore. I know pulling him off of third down too and having Warren out there has kind of changed our ability to utilize him on third downs as a receiving option to get his plays because we've been using Warren back there in max protect and he's been killing it in max protect and doing a better job than Najee since Najee's been injured. That's why he hasn't been as good at blocking on third downs as well. So we've been doing the right things, keeping Warren back there on third downs to, to help out Najee's foot and to be that extra protection. But first and second downs, we've got to utilize play action to him, wheeling him out, running some screens with him. I completely, completely agree with that. Um, Striker, thank you for the time and effort it takes for these involved as well. Always a great job. Well done. Thank you so much, Drink Iron City. Enjoy your dinner. I know you're cooking up right now. Uh, guys, check out our other sponsors over here at mybookie.ag. You sign up right now with promo code STEELERNATION, all caps, on all one word, double your initial deposit. Do it up, Steeler Nation. Good way, bet the under this week. That's where we're making money. I'm so far one and one, or two and one, I think, with, with my bets so far these last three weeks. I was right about Buffalo. I was right about uh, Tampa, wrong about Tampa Bay. Um, no, I was right about because I said take take the points. So, yeah, with points. So, yeah, I'm 2-0 and oh, coming up. So, I thought Tampa Bay was going to win. I was wrong with that aspect of it. I knew Buffalo was going to lose, and I said, take Buffalo with the points. We were right with that. So 2-0, 3-0 would be take Steelers with the points this season, this year, this week, with mybookie.ag. Promo code Steeler Nation. Double your deposit. Double that bet. Do it up, Steeler Nation. Guys, that's all the time we have for the Steeler Nation podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. Go to tseshop.com, peruse their great gift options for the upcoming holidays, guys. They are the ones to do it. The vidcast should be coming out again on Tuesday at 7 p.m. next week. Uh, live, if you're subscribing to YouTube or Facebook, we're also simulcasting on our Instagram channel. Um, but if you're subscribed to youtube.com slash Nation, you will know when it pops up and be able to jump over with all of our other fans. We have great conversations. 
conversations on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, read our great Pittsburgh Steeler-focused articles at SteelerNation.com. Tweet us at SteelerNation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the podcast on, Squid- on Twitter at underscore SN Podcast or Instagram at SteelerNationPodcast. And follow your host, Steeler Nation Striker. On the gram, on the tweets, on the tickety talks at SN Striker spelled with a Y. I am your host, G Striker. Thank you for joining us for Total Sports Enterprises sponsored Steeler Nation podcast. How crazy can I say that? That's the craziest way I could possibly say that. I'm your host, G Striker, rooting along with you as always. And guys, always remember we are stronger than hate. I know we're going into Philly this week. They are haters. Keep your hands to yourselves. Root for your team. Have a fun time. Come home safely. Love you guys. Stronger than hate. But I'll be rooting along with you as always, Steeler Nation. Go Steelers!